Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Greetings and salutations, everyone. It's Rich Wilson. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Live or Just Prospect Podcast. Today is the 20th of April, about 1.15 in the afternoon. Hope everybody is having a good day. I know winter has come back to the Northeast. We had a little bit of it here in North Carolina. It actually got up this morning. It was 42 degrees, which is crazy, right? Middle of, of April, but I think it's snowing up in the Northeast, so... I don't know. Hopefully winter will be over soon. Baseball is here. There was a lot of canceled games last night. I'm assuming there'll be some more canceled games today. But, uh, you know, hey, we'll persevere. And spring will be here eventually. or probably be as it always is about three weeks long. And then summer will be here. And we'll be complaining about how hot it is. And that's what we're here for to talk how hot some of these minor league players have been over the past week. So I've got 15 players, 10 hitters, and five pitchers that I want to share with you. Uh, Just as a caveat, uh, I've always done this in the past by giving, well, not always, but most of the time the past week, given that there were some canceled games and the, the... the AAA got started a little bit earlier than the rest of the leagues. So I pretty much have done the first, the first, uh, all the games in the 2022 season as my kind of uh, criteria to select somebody. So hopefully that is okay. Some guys have played 10 games. Some guys have played eight games. uh, Some guys have played six games. So I, you know, I think it's, it's close enough to who has been the hottest since Uh, this past week. Uh, Going forward, it'll mostly be on a weekly basis. Sometime I'll look look back and do the first couple of months or the first half of the season, etc. But I just want to throw that as a caveat in here. When you see the first guy's got 10 games played, like how can that be for a week? It is a week plus. And the first first guy we we talk about, a lot of famous uh, players in this list. So if you're looking for some way under the radar guys, that really is not going to happen until we get to the second half of the year where we get to uh, the rookie leagues and the DSL, etc. Most of the people who are in deeper dynasty leagues know who the good players are in the low A, high A, double A, and and um, triple A 
There'll be some exceptions. I've got some players in this list, but you're going to recognize a lot of those players. If you're looking for 15 guys nobody's ever heard of, so you can go add 15 guys to your dynasty league. I doubt that's going to happen because the first guy is Nolan Gorman, St. Louis Cardinals. Second base, third base, maybe plays a little bit of the outfield. He just wants to get up. He's been hot since the start of the season. Ten games, six home runs, and ops of 1.253. The problem is, uh, in those ten games, I think it's been about uh, 28 plate appearances, I believe. Going from memory, didn't write that down. It's been 15 strikeouts. And if you swing back to... Uh, last season, you read my write-up. The thing that impressed me the most about Nolan Gorman is we always know knew he has this crazy 80-grade raw power. It was how much contact he was going to make. He didn't pull a MJ Melendez where he cut his contact rate in half, but he did post a 27% strikeout the nine rate, uh, and when he was in Double A, and he improved that when he got to AAA last season at 19%. Well, it looks like he's back swinging for the fences, at least in a very small sample size, the first 10 games, hitting six home runs but striking out too much. That 15 strikeouts and slightly less than 30 plate appearances is obviously not going to work once he gets to the major leagues. He will get even more exposed than what's happening in AAA. So hopefully... You know, he can make those adjustments. Everything is there for him, I think, to become, you know, a 30-plus, maybe 40 home run bat. The question is, is he going to be Hunter Renfro, who will have some value early in his career because he's cheap, teams will play him, and in fantasy you'll get those uh, stats. Or once he gets expensive, teams will go, eh, I don't know. I think I've got a guy like that in the minor leagues who's going to strike out, you know, close to 30% of the time and rarely walk. And, and Gorman will walk a little bit, but it's, you know, a lot of people have always comped him to Joey Gallo just because the power is in the same class. You know, it is 70 plus 80 grade raw power. Um, but Joey Gallo will walk 15% of the time and post, you know, a 350 on base percentage, even though he's hitting 220. In an on-base percentage league, that not only plays, but it plays quite well. Um, in a traditional fantasy league, is something that you're always having to manage the batting average. But from a baseball standpoint, a guy who puts on a 350 on on-base percentage and can hit 30 to 35 home runs can be a star. Now, you can debate whether Joey Gallo is a star. I think if you were to... to uh, uh, inquiry into 10 random New York Yankees fans, nine of them would tell you he sucks because <laughs> he, he just hasn't been very good since he's been, been a Yankee. But I mean, that's just the way it goes. I mean, it's a feast or famine with him because of his strikeout rate. Hopefully Nolan Gorman will not fall into that trap and fall into just becoming a big strikeout guy. Otherwise he's going to put pressure uh, on your fantasy team, unless even in an on-base percentage league, because he just doesn't walk like uh, like uh, Joey Gallo does. So he could be a 220-310 on-base percentage kind of guy, and that to me is probably going to be long-term an extra bat for the St. Louis Cardinals. So lots of hair on Gorman. Wanted to bring him up because he's hot, and just highlight the fact that 15 strikeouts. 
45, 50% strikeout rate, which is what he's posting right now, is not going to work. Let's get back to where he was in AAA last season. So that's Nolan Gorman, first name. Second name is Tristan Cassis. Uh, and Tim has been talking, Tim and I have been both talking about Bobby Dahlbeck off to a tough start. I don't know what he did yesterday. Uh, but Tristan Cassis, 11 games, three home runs, nine strikeouts, nine walks. So, I mean, look, strikeouts are a little high, but he's walking a lot, 984 uh, ops. So this is a guy that is just about ready. He's just waiting for the opportunity. And I think the question will be, how much longer will the Boston Red Sox give Bobby Dahl back? Will somebody else step up and take uh, take a run at playing first base slash DH as Dahlbeck is doing? Or will they turn to Tristan Cassis and make that change? If they do, I think they will give Dahlbeck most of April to uh, to figure it out and to establish some stuff. I mean, again, the Red Sox are a real organization who just doesn't make snap decisions. Uh, so they're going to give a guy some time to work it out. Because, again, Dobby Ball, Dobby Ballback, Bobby Dahlbeck has a chance to be a very good player. I think Tristan Cassis has a chance to be a star. Uh, he was a guy that struck out a little bit too much early in his career and, and improved his contact rate. He's got the big raw power. Um, I think he could be, you know, not Freddie Freeman, but Freddie Freeman-esque. I think he's got that kind of upside where it could be 25 to 30 home runs with a guy that can hit with good on base, very good on base percentage skills. And I'm not talking a 300 guy with 35 bombs like Freddie Freeman can do, but if you told me it's a 280 with 25 to 30 home runs, maybe more, uh, that just becomes a a number five, number six hitter in an extremely good Boston uh, Red Sox lineup, I wouldn't be at all surprised. So I'm big on Tristan Cassis. And in shallower uh, fantasy leagues, he might be a guy that you want to start um, you want to start adding to your to your teams because I think he will be up soon. Number three is Francisco Alvarez. By the way, do go from triple A to double A, high A and low A. So they're not ranked in terms of who's having the best week and so forth. I'm trying to do it by class here just to give you some sense. Uh, uh, Francisco Alvarez, New York Mets catcher. He's only played in six games, already hit four home runs, a 14-29 ops. Uh, he is in, uh, yes, it was in double A. He's got the big, big power potential and it also looked like looks like he's going to be able to hit I did see him in a series last year and I was just really impressed he hits the ball really hard the ball just makes a different sound coming off its bat and it just you know it just travels I mean it's not weak contact at all um is is McCann the answer long term for the Mets I I don't think so I think it's Francisco Alvarez and I think you see Alvarez play probably the first half of the season maybe to July when when the they open the middle of June they open up the short season balls uh, that's rookie ball now and you'll start to see some promotions you could see kind of a trickle effect and Alvarez moves moved to AAA at that point and then it's just countdown so I think if McCann gets hurt you could see Alvarez come up early or if McCann just continues to be eh uh you could see Alvarez up uh early as well. So there is a chance that we see him this season. And again, it's a patient approach. It's big time power. Yeah, he's a catcher. So from a fantasy standpoint, there's going to be, 
you know, not huge value there, but, you know, if you're playing two catcher leagues, I mean, Alvarez is a must own in a fantasy league, which everybody, or dynasty league, which everybody knows, but also in a fantasy league, in my opinion. Number four is, uh, uh, is uh, Jordan Westberg. Maybe he's the first, the first three guys are incredibly famous. They're all top 100 prospects of Jordan Westberg was not. He is with the Baltimore Orioles, double A, plays third base. That double A team is just tearing it up. So, I mean, they're playing extremely well. I think they scored 20 runs last night. So it's uh, it's good, and Westberg's in the middle of all that. I didn't check to see what he did last night, but prior to last night's game, it was eight home runs, excuse me, eight game, excuse me, eight games, four home runs, eight strikeouts, and six walks. The things uh, that I wrote about over the winter time is got the loud tools, and we're seeing that with obviously the four home runs in eight games. He's had very good on base skills. We're seeing that with the six walks in eight games, but he also has some contact issues, and we're seeing that in the first eight games. So it's kind of tracking to who who we think that player is going to be. I do think he's a major league player. I think he's an impact major league player. He could be again a. 240 average guy with a 330 to 350 on base percentage with 30 bombs. And as we talked about with, um, with Bobby Dahlbeck and, and Nolan Gorman, Nolan Gorman in particular, um, that will play. And I think in Baltimore, that's going to play very well in double a, do we see him this year? Again, the only two guys I think we see from Baltimore who are some of their high end prospects, uh, would be uh, uh, Adley Rutschman, and uh, I don't know if he's actually swung a bat yet. Uh, and I, th- I do think we see Grayson Rodriguez. Otherwise, there's really no reason to start the clock on any of these guys. It's a bad team. Uh, they were winning one to nothing when I went to sleep last night. So I almost said bed, but I was laying in bed on my phone watching some of the games. But uh, of course, I can't watch the Oriole game because I live in North Carolina, and I can't watch Oriole games. I don't understand, but I bring that up every time just in case someone from the MLB corporate office is listening and they can do something about it, though they tell me they can't. Anyway, Westbrook's off to a really strong start and showing what I think um, he can do, and that is big-time power, uh, good on-base percentage skill with pressure on the batting average. I do think he is an impact performer. Number five is Corbin Carroll, who's is just been playing extremely well. Eight games, two home runs, four stolen bases, a 474 on base percentage, and a 1.06 ops. So this is a guy that um, missed most of the season last year. He played in seven games and he hurt his shoulder. So I think we were all collectively holding our breath and he came back and they they pushed him all the way up to double a and he's playing very well as you can as you can see just got if you can compare him at alec thomas i put alec thomas ahead of him actually i put jordan lawler ahead of both of them i think corbin carroll's got the higher upside alec thomas is closer to the big leagues we might even see him at this point hopefully we'll see him at this uh, at some point this year because that's a bad bad team that could just use a shot in the arm but quite frankly if corbin carroll continues to play the way he is playing you could see him as well and this is a guy that's got he is tooled up he's got power he's got great speed and he could definitely hit 
So we could be looking at a guy that can really help your fantasy team. If you're more in a shallower dynasty league, he is a kid that should be owned. He might want to play up uh, the fact that he was injured all last year and maybe is injury prone, which I don't think he is. But, you know, anything that will work in trade negotiations, you should be doing that. That's the first five. Let me take a quick break and get back and let me do the next five. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The big, uh, big news of today is how poorly Netflix did with their corporate earnings and actually lost subscribers for the first time in their history, which is just... It's sad, right? This is the people that created the streaming option. It kind of changed the way we view content. And now they're just struggling because there's so much competition out there. And I, you know, I, I've subscribed to Netflix like many of you have for years. And I can't help but think like Hulu and some others, I mean, they have commercials on there. Why, why isn't Netflix showing commercials? I'm sure that could be a business model they changed to or, Maybe they shouldn't, and I love this aspect of it, when, when a series comes out, like Ozark, the last season of Ozark comes out, I think on the 29th. I mean, you watch it the weekend, and you're done. But I don't know if that works, because then you can, like, start and stop your subscription, you know, whenever, uh, whenever shows come out that you want to watch. So I would think they want to do something about that. And then they announced that, and this blew me away, that worldwide they have... Uh, they have 200 million subscribers and a, a 300 million, 200 million subscribers, but 300 million people households viewing their content because the other 100 million, uh, a third of them are actually borrowing somebody else's credentials. And it's like, what? <laughs> so I think it's out there. The content they're producing is great. They need to fix that, right? And because uh, we can't lose Netflix, right? We can't, we're probably going to lose some of these other ones, but we can't lose the guys that are putting out such great content. Because then what are we going to watch? So, I mean, it's at least, uh, I mean, I've enjoyed television to no end over the last 
uh, two or three or four years. It's just been fantastic. Um, so I'm, I'm pulling as a consumer for, for Netflix to figure it out. Let's continue on. Number six is Matt McLean. And I have to tell you, Matt McLean was part of that great shortstop um, cadre of guys that were drafted last June. And all of them, every one of them is having just a great start to the season. Is McLean having the best start? I don't know. We're going to meet a couple of other of those. I think we talked about Khalil Watson last week. He is off to just a fantastic start. Uh, and there's two more that we're going to meet here in a few minutes. But McLean was kind of one of the ones that wasn't talked about in the same sphere as Jordan Lawler and Marcelo Meyer and Khalil Watson. He was kind of the next down, but he was a college kid, very polished hitter. The Cincinnati Reds have pushed him to start the season to double A in eight games, three home runs, two stolen bases, does have eight strikeouts and three walks. Um, this guy with good speed, it's a kind of a, what I call a high floor hitter. He's going to hit. The question has been how much power he's going to have. I have talked to someone who has seen him already and says that he has definitely added some leverage to his swing. So I'm not surprised that he is showing some uh, some some early power here. Um, I do think he'll be an on-base percentage guy. Could be a 350 plus on base percentage guy. Now, does he stay at shortstop with you know the 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 mini shortstop that the Cincinnati Reds have in their system? I did check every one of his box scores in all eight games. He has played shortstop, so they have not moved him to second. I think that's a pretty easy thing for him to do. So I don't think just because he hasn't played uh, you know second or the outfield or third in any. Um, in any minor league games this season. I don't think that is a concern that he's coming up as a shortstop regardless. I th- I think moving to short second would be very easy. Third, a little bit more difficult in the outfield, a little bit more difficult than that. So he might need, you know, a week or two at second base, maybe a month at third base and six weeks or so in the outfield for a guy that athletic and that polished to be able to, get enough experience if the bat plays to kind of come up. Now, scouts who are listening to this broadcast are, are like laughing and saying that's that's a joke, but it's it happens all the time. We see it countless times where guys, you know, a couple of games, uh, you know, playing a new position and they're up. Uh, and if, if the bat plays, I do think the bat will play. For some reason, just because he wasn't one of the, the big the big guys that was coming through the draft, if he is somehow out on your waiver wire, he should be on plain and simple. Moving on uh, to our next guy, number seven, another famous guy, top 25 prospect in Robert Hassel. He is with the San Diego Padres. He is an outfielder. He is in high A, so we've now moved into our A affiliates, A level. Uh, nine games, two home runs, get this, seven stolen bases, a 1.018 ops. Uh, this is a guy that can flat out hit. Uh, and, you know, he's already showing that when he, you know, last season now in high A, he is continuing to show that. Uh, you know, it's a very good, uh, very good league that he plays in. The balls, uh, the balls really fly out in the, the league that he plays in. So we have to take that you know, with a little bit of concern there. Um, I think ultimately he's a 300 
400 kind of guy. He could be a 300 hitter with a 400 on base percentage. There's a question of exactly how much power he's going to have. Uh, but if it's, you know, t- 8 to 10, 10 to 12, 12 to 15, somewhere along that, I think that's what he can develop into, and he's going to have really good speed. So definitely his 20 to 25 stolen bases, maybe even more. He has got star written all over him. So if, you know, probably everybody owns this kid in any kind of in any kind of dynasty league. So, you know, telling you to go out and pick him up is, is fruitless because he is already owned. Uh, his partner that he's kind of always been compared to is Zach Veen, uh, also playing in that same league. And uh, actually, it's the old Northwest League. So I apologize. It's not the old California League. So I'm still still getting my uh, so that high old high, high A California League was the hitters league. Uh, he's playing in the Northwest League, which actually is still a hitters league, uh, but not nearly what some of those uh, fields are out in the um, what is now the old Carolina League, which is now low A West. But anyway, Zach Veen, nine games, hitting 188, 14 strikeouts and 32 at bat. So he's off to a very, very slow start. It's never good when, well, he's got seven, seven, uh, He's got seven stolen bases, so that's good. Uh, but his on-base percentage is higher than his slug, which is a never, never a good thing. So only slugging 312. So, so showing good speed. In fact, he has been six hits, one double. So he's got six hits and seven stolen bases. Wow, <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty impressive, right? So that means he stole bait. He stole third base at least once. So that's that's so. If if you assume he stole third base once and then he got on first base and stole second every other time that's that's crazy right so he's got even better speed than Hassel does and so he could be I mean they they're both have a chance to be very good but Hassel's off to the far superior start uh, to the season number eight is a guy that many of you probably have not heard heard of this guy I believe is owned in all of our dynasty leagues unfortunately I do not own him anywhere which I'm very bummed about and that is Sedan Raffaella he is a Boston Red Sox is, uh, the Red Sox high a affiliates gotten off to a very strong season all led by Raffaella in nine games he has four home runs four stolen bases he does have eight strikeouts, two walks, a 1.282 ops. So who was this guy? Well, born and raised in Curacao. Uh, so that's where Jonathan Scope came from. So kind of that West Indies islands, at least I believe so. Um, and kind of grew up as a shortstop, uh, moved over to third base. He's only 5'8", five, 5'9", five, so he's a little guy. But much like Altuve and Cedric Mullins, has really good bat speed, a really compact swing, stronger than you know you would think a guy that's five eight five nine is. So he's not going to be completely void of power. But this is a guy with uh, you know five home runs in nine games. It's not going to be a thirty plus home run guy. So let's hope he's like a fifteen twenty home run guy. Uh, could have similar kind of stolen base upside, but can hit. So there's definitely a lot to like about this guy. So. Uh, just just great plate coverage, very good understanding of the strike zone. So that is Sedan, Sedan, Sedan Raffaella. That's C-E-D-D-A-N-N-E, Raffaella, R-A-F-A-E-L-A, with the Boston Red Sox in their high A affiliate. 
Uh, number nine is Jordan Lawler, Arizona Diamondbacks shortstop. He is in low A, so we've now moved down to low A. He is, again, part of the shortstop brigade that I talked about at the top of the show. Uh, and they're just all having great start to the season. Uh, eight games, four home runs, five stolen bases. I don't know if I said that already. 5-12 on base percentage and a 12-31 ops. Uh, Lawler missed almost the entire season last year. I think he played in two games, uh, much like Corbin Carroll with the Diamondbacks, uh, only played in seven games, and both of them had shoulder injuries and same kind of shoulder problems. It's really weird. So, uh, But both of them look like, obviously, they both made the hot prospect of the week list, so they both have started off strong. But Lawler has just got crazy tools. Uh, he fell to the Diamondbacks for some reason. It's not a big guy, so perhaps that w- that's what he was. Uh, I wrote last year that I think he has the highest upside, even over O'Mare, who is with the Red Sox, which we're going to see in a minute, um, because he's just got louder tools. Crazy bat speed, very good foot speed, and could be a 2020 guy if he can hit enough, and it looks like he is off to a really fine start this season. So good news is it looks like he's healthy. That's the best news and that the layoff at least didn't set him back too much. So fantastic news for Jordan Lawler. Number 10 is Marcel O. Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R. Uh, eight games, no home runs, a stolen base, but with a 410 on base percentage and an 851 ops. So again, a guy who doesn't have the loud tools that um, that Lawler have, that Khalil Watson have, more of a... I mean, it's been copped more like Carlos Correa, you know, kind of big potential big time raw power uh, that could translate into 25, 30 home runs, but it's not going to have a ton of stolen base potential and should be able to hit. So a really high floor with good power, but doesn't have those five tools, including the, one of the more important tools in the fantasy game anymore is that of speed, but still a great prospect. And yeah, you know, he went, he and uh, Jack Leiter went one, two, two, one in all of our dynasty leagues. And the other guys kind of went three, four, five, kind of in that general um, slotting with Khalil Watson, maybe a little bit further down. So um, I mean, Jordan Lawler soon after that and Marcelo Meyer, he's going to be a good player. It's just the ceiling's a little bit lower than Jordan Lawler, but the floor is much higher. In other words, I think, I would be shocked if he doesn't make it to the big leagues and become a very good player. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Lawler becomes one of the better players in baseball, particularly from a fantasy standpoint. He could just blow up, but he might not ever hit enough to kind of even warrant that. So that's that's when you have to always make these trade-offs when you play in dynasty leagues. Are you going for all upside or are you going for... You know, guys who have high floors that you know are going to make it and you can reduce your risk. And only you as a fantasy manager, it's part of the fun of playing in Dynasty Leagues. All I can tell you is the problem exists. You don't want to have a roster full of high upside guys that could all be first round draft picks. Uh, nor do you want to have a roster, minor league roster, all full of guys who are going to make it to the big leagues, but could be utility players. I mean, so you got to find something in the middle and they can't be all Byron Buxton, right? And that's what you're looking for, right? I mean, that would be great. Give me all Byron Buxton because we see what's happened with Buxton. He can't stay healthy. 
Uh, so you need to have some Jordan Lawler's mixed in with some Tristan Cass's you know, mixed in. You got to have a variety of stuff and you need to take a look at that. And what is the right blend? I've been playing for 12 years and I still don't know that answer. Uh, what I like to do is we have, we play our dynasty leagues have 25 minor league rosters. Actually one league still has 20. Um, and most of those guys are most of those players, at least 60% of those players are positional players. In most cases, most of them are in the 75% of positional players. My pitchers are usually double A and above though. I will stash a high A guy, from time to time, rarely, rarely will I slash a low A guy. Um, and then in that, in my my hitters, I'm looking for kind of guys that are close to the big leagues and guys that are a little bit further away. And then, you know, let's call it you know 17 of those positional guys. I want two of them to at least be these two of these Latin kids in the 25 man minor league roster with 15 teams I want two maybe three of those guys to be you know the Emmanuel Rodriguez's of the world who's having a really nice start to the season the Lewis Rodriguez who I actually haven't actually checked on him he hasn't bubbled up to the top of my criteria for looking for hot prospects of the week but a guy who looked like he was going to be very good and has turned out not to be so good you know so I can start to flip those guys for new more interesting guys and then I've got, you know, the Ed, Eddie Cabrera, Eddie Alavarez's of the world who I just put in a, for one league I have him, I just put in a weekend bid that I'm going to replace him because I, I just don't know if he's ever going to get a chance to play. So I've got all of, you know, just kind of a combination of that. And that's just how I like to play it. And because uh, in the end, I mean, you know that the Bobby Witt Juniors are going to hit, at least it looks like, or the Julio Rodriguez's are going to hit. But many times it's, you know, it's, it is the Eddie Oliveras that, though it doesn't look like he's going to hit, that actually gets a chance to play in another organization. Maybe he does get a chance to play and shows what he can do. So that's why you can't just go with all the name guys that have this huge upside. That is our hitters. Let's take a break and we get back. Let me do these five pitchers. say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tracking pretty well, about two 15-minute segments, 60-minute segments. The pitchers are five. Again, most of these are famous guys. Well, not all of them are famous guys. Uh, I think I've seen each and every. No, I lied. I have not seen every one of them. Actually, these are more non-famous guys. The first guy is Peyton Battenfield, who is one of my guys. Uh, started off in the the uh, Rays organization, got traded to might have started off in the Dodgers organization. I know he spent time with the Rays before he got moved to the in to the Guardians. He is in AAA, three starts, 14 and two-thirds innings, 12 strikeouts, four walks, a 245 ERA. I love Peyton, uh, Peyton Battenfield because he is a Guardian and grew up in very good pitching confines of some organizations that just know how to, to groom pitchers. He is a guy that's got good stuff, not great stuff, but can flat out throw strikes. Little disappointed in the four walks. I think that's a bit of an anomaly. And I throw him out there because he's a guy that I do believe will be up at some point this season. Uh, I think he has a chance to be a mid-rotation starter, if not more. He's in that profile of Shane Bieber. Not overpowering stuff, great control, great command of his pitches. Uh, not saying he's going to be a Cy Young Award winner. Far from it. I do. I mean, you can't throw a Shane Bieber comp on anybody because he's just, you know, a guy. It's, it's tough to throw a Cy Young Award winner on any pitcher. And but Batenfield, I I like a lot, and he's having a fine start to the season. And don't be surprised if at some point we see him because I think the Cleveland Guardians think they're better than they are. I still don't know if that um, if that lineup is good enough. I mean, they got all crazy about Stephen Kwan, and he's, you know, he had, I, I think I joke with Tim, no one was throwing him strikes in the first week, and he has a passive approach. He sits there and watches pitches, and guess what? In the second week, they go, okay, well, let's throw this guy strikes, and then he started swinging and making weak contact. So, yeah, that can happen. I do like Stephen Kwan. I think he's an on-base percentage machine, um, but he, he might be more like Caven Biggio, than we might want to admit, which you know, kind of might be a tweener guy who's not a full-time regular. We'll see. I'm not willing to give up on him by any stretch because uh, let's, but I'd love to see a little bit more power and a guy with a little bit more aggression at the plate. I mean, you, you need when you're hitting and you, you learn this when you go to scout school and when you, you spend as much time as I do with all these professional scouts, passive approaches never work. You cannot just keep the bat on your on your shoulder. And in fact, not stringing, swinging at strikes sometimes is actually not a good thing. You want to show, you want to understand the strike zone and you want to attack the plate and, and not get yourself into bad hitting counts because the major league pitchers know where to throw the ball, right? And if you're passive, the problem is it's strike one, strike two, and you're sitting 0 and 2, and then you get nothing to hit, and you got to be protecting the plate. And as you see with these rookies, there was uh, somebody posted on Twitter, kind of Julio Rodriguez, and how many times he has been called out on strikes, and the balls were were the the, the pitches were balls, but they were just outside the zone. 
but the the uh, umpire were, were just ringing them up. Ha- it's happened since I've been watching baseball. My father was probably watching baseball. It's just part of it. When you're a young kid up, you need to be aggressive, and, and the home plate umpire is not going to give you the benefit of the doubt at all. So, yeah, so that's that's what that's what happens with Stephen Kwan. So he needs to be more aggressive. I think if that happens, then his natural understanding of the strike zone will actually help him. And, uh, and I think he can hit He's He's got a little bit of power. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, I think he'll hit we have five to eight home runs. He's got good speed. Could be a nice little player, a nice little complimentary number four kind of outfielder in a fantasy team. I don't know how to, Oh, I was on the Cleveland guardians. So I just started talking about that. But anyway, I think they think they're better than they are. They, they had a really nice start to the season, but that lineup is still pretty questionable. Um, number two is Ken Waldachuk. I think I got a twi- Twitter question on him. I, I know I did. I never responded to the guy. Like, what do I think? Because I knew I was going to bring him up. He's a lefty with the New York Yankees. And, oh, boy, Garrett Cole looked terrible last night. What is wrong? What is wrong with Garrett Cole? I think he threw 70 pitches in an inning and two-thirds and could not find the plate. I actually didn't watch the game, but, you know, I kind of had four games up. There was so many great pitching uh, performances out last night or, or contests there. I mean, you had uh, you had John Gray making his return from the uh, uh, from the injury list, and you had Walker Bueller going. Uh, Robbie Ray was throwing. I mean, there was just great pitchers that were throwing yesterday and I was you know up on the MLB.tv I had the one of the three four games going on at the same time and was just flipping back and forth and one of them was not the Yankees but he looked looked brutal it was tough even though the Yankees I believe won the game but Waldachuk you know look the Yankees everybody seems to get hurt on that team so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the call I don't know if I've given you what a stat line's two starts, 10 innings pitch, 16 strikeouts, two walks, one earned run. And this is what he did last season when he started in high A. And he just, I think he threw like 30 innings of no run ball or something like that. I had a chance to see him on his first, um, his first outing in double A in Somerset. And again, later on that uh some maybe three times last year i saw him a lot so a pretty good sense for the pitcher he doesn't have an overpowering stuff he has a really good curveball he throws strikes but a lot of those things drift out over the plate and get hit hard uh i think as you know once he does get to the major leagues it feels more like a number four starter but the fact that he's a lefty obviously helps He's got the really good curveball, but again, the fastball sits more 93 to 94. Um, so he's more of a, to me, a, like a number four starter profile. Could it be a little bit better than that? Maybe. Uh, Yankee Stadium will not help, um, obviously. But, and he did struggle when he came to double A, and he's obviously pitching much better and pitched better as the season wore on. So as he got a little bit more comfortable with the, um, um, as he got a little bit more comfortable with the league. So that's Ken Waldenchuk. So I don't roster, haven't rostered him anywhere. He feels again, more like a complimentary player. Maybe not a guy that I would, again, if I've got five to seven roster spots for minor league pitchers, I'm saving them for the Yuri Perez's of the world, uh, as opposed to the Ken Waldenchuk. And maybe I'll get burned on that. He'll be better than I think. But again, having a good start to the season. He's a good pitcher. He probably will be a major league guy, 
but more as a number four starter, maybe as a long inning reliever. Number three is a name that's new to me, probably new to you guys as well, is Brett Carey, K-E-R-R-Y, with the Los Angeles Angels, the right-handed pitcher, double-A, two starts, 10 innings pitch, get this, 20 strikeouts and one walk. He's uh, also given up just one earned run. Like, wow. So he's drafted the fifth round last season, uh, signed for $300,000. So he was not a big signee, obviously. And he was the closer in South Carolina for three years. He posted great numbers. Uh, you know, got a low 90s fastball, pretty good slider. Um, doesn't have a changeup. At least in college, he didn't. That was his draft profile. So he was more of a two-pitch pitcher, which is why he was, uh, you know, why he was a bullpen arm. He started a few games his junior year, but he was primarily used out of the bullpen. Well, the Angels, being the Angels, uh, you know, decided to throw him out as a starter. He is thrown a little bit harder, so they've added some velocity to it. He He's in college, he never walked anybody. Clearly, he's not walking anybody now. He does have the great slider, so maybe that's where the 20 strikeouts are coming from, but he has piqued my interest for sure. Uh, that's what I know about him. I've not seen him play. I've yet to talk to somebody who's actually seen him pitch. Uh, so this is simply going on information I gathered uh, in the offseason. Did not make my top 15 for the Angels, but interesting guy that we need to learn more about. Would you? Should you add him? I mean, he is in double A, and he is tearing it up. You can make that argument that you should probably put in a bid for Brett Carey. Number four is George Kirby. George Kirby is obviously famous. George Kirby has two starts, nine and uh, two-thirds innings pitch, 13 strikeouts, one walk, and two earned runs. He was the Mariners' first-round pick in 2019. He was out of a, a small North Carolina school called Elon, which is, I think it's more of a suburb of Winston-Salem, but it was a couple hours away from probably an hour and a half away from Charlotte where I lived for a few years. So I went and actually saw him pitch in college and look, he was good. I, I saw him sitting more 95 to 96. The fastball was really straight, really good secondary pitches through strikes. That's what I saw. Look more like a mid rotation guy. All of a sudden now he's throwing 98 to hundred miles an hour. My understanding is fastball is still pretty straight, so he doesn't have a lot of movement on his pitches, so the spin rate's not high. The secondary pitches have gotten even better, and he continues to not uh, walk anybody. So so with the increased velocity, a guy that I thought would be a number three, number four starter, all of a sudden looks like a number two, number three starter. Uh, again, without the great movement on those pitches, is that going to make it was would that limit his upside not allowing him to be a number one it could but uh, there's a lot to like with George Kirby and we know that Seattle Mariners do not hesitate to promote guys so you could see George Kirby getting the nod uh, sometime this year the last guy is a kid that I added in all my dynasty leagues where he was available and that is Nick Nastriana N-A-S-T-R-I-N-I he is a high A pitcher, right-handed pitcher with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and two starts, a four and two-thirds inning, four and two-third innings pitch, nine strikeouts, two walks, two earned runs. But what I'm here to tell you is this is a kid that is throwing 100 miles an hour with a plus slider. Does that move him into the bullpen? It could, um, but 
look, he was a fourth round draft pick, so he's not even listed in CVS. I got a great report on him that uh, t- somebody has told me this looked like he was mowing people down and, um, and high A and looked like he was already should be in double A to begin the season. And of course he pitches for the Dodgers. So you add all that stuff up and he becomes a guy that I would gamble on in a dynasty league. That's Nick Nastrina, N-A-S-T-R-I-N-I. And, and I'm putting my money where my mouth is because I have added him to teams. Let me take my final break, get back to a quick review and get out of here. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Quick 15 seconds on each player. Nolan Gorman, St. Louis Cardinal, infielder, AAA. Huge power, six home runs already, but big-time strikeouts. Last year, that strikeout rate improved. So far this year, he's striking out too much. Tristan Cassis, Bobby Dahlbeck, better watch out. This is a kid that can really play. Good on-base percentage, three home runs in 11 games. A little bit too many strikeouts at nine, but I think a guy who has a chance to be a star. Francisco Alvarez, another guy that has a chance to be a star. Six games, four home runs, a crazy 14-29 OPS. He will be, if they don't trade him, he will be the uh, the catcher of the future for your New York Metropolitans. Jordan Westberg, he is a kid that is tooled up, always concerned about how much, how much he would strike out, and he did strike out too many times this past week. Eight games, eight strikeouts, but will take a walk with huge power and good foot speed as well. Corbin Carroll's a five-tool guy, missed most of last season with a shoulder impingement. He is back and just tearing it up. Two runs, four stolen bases in eight games. He is a guy along with Alec Thomas and Dalton Varshow. I still think he's got some ability that's going to, and Jordan Lawler in particular, uh, that's going to give some hope to the Diamondbacks. So it's a bad team at the moment. Matt McLean, kind of the loss shortstop of last June's draft. Not lost anymore. The guy's showing a little bit more power than I thought. Has got, already got a couple stolen bases. High floor guy. Maybe doesn't have the highest ceiling of of Meyer, Jordan Lawler, and Khalil Watson, but also a kid that's a little bit further along and could make the big leagues in 2023. Robert Hassel, just seven stolen bases in nine games. Couple home runs. A 1.018 OPS, a guy that can do it all. Doesn't have as much power as I would like, or people would like, but look, he, he just can flat out hit with really good speed. He has a chance to be a special player. Number eight is Sedan Rafaela. That's C-E-D-D-A-N-N-E-R-A-F-A-E-L-A. Let's see if any of the other names need to be spelled. No, they're all pretty simple. Cass is a C-A-S-A-S. I think everybody knows who he is. But uh, Sedan Raffaella is off to a really strong start. Not a big kid, 5'8", 5'9". 
really good compact swing with more power than you think and good speed. Jordan Lawler, uh, again, highest upside for me as as a high school kid coming out of last June's draft, already with four home runs and five stolen bases and low A, just tearing it up. And Marcel O'Mayer uh, with the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, has done a ton this year, but is showing that he can get on base. He can really, really hit. Again, a high floor if you compare Lawler to uh, and Meyer. Lawler's got the higher upside, the louder tools, but Meyer can really hit and with great on-base skills. Pitchers, Peyton Batenfield, uh, a solid guy, solid number three starter, doesn't walk anybody, um, really good, improving stuff, not overpowering stuff, a solid number three starter. Ken Waldichuk, W-A-L-D-I-C-H-U-K. He's a left-handed pitcher, double-A with the Yankees. I've seen him pitch three times. Uh, if he's still in double-A, by the time I get up to New Jersey, I'll see him again. Um, I mean, look, he's he's a good pitcher. Stuff is not overwhelming. He doesn't have great command of his stuff. He can throw strikes, but he can't really throw the ball where he wants to, and maybe his command will improve. I see a number four starter, maybe a, a multi-inning reliever. Brett Carey is a, is, is a kid that was the closer in South Carolina and was drafted in the, what did I say, fifth round, uh, yeah, fifth round last season. It's gotten off to a great start, 20 strikeouts, one walk, two starts. Doesn't have a change up, probably is a reliever profile, but we got to learn more about him. 20 strikeouts and 10 innings should get your attention. George Kirby, I think we're getting down to the countdown of when that kid's going to be called up. When I saw him, he didn't throw as hard, didn't have great spin on his uh, pitches. Apparently the spin is still not there, but throwing even harder. And quite frankly, if you can throw 98 miles an hour, you can get a lot of guys out at the big leagues and throw strikes. And then Nick Nastrina, N-A-S-T-R-I-N-I, with the Dodgers in high A. Look, he's a Dodger pitcher. We should just all jump on the bandwagon. He's starting to throw, hit 100 miles an hour this past week. It looks like he can really pitch. Could be a bullpen arm, but I did add him to several dynasty leagues. That's it. That's a wrap. We're at a little bit over the 50-minute mark. I appreciate you guys supporting us, listening to our podcast, reading our materials. Tim and I will be back on Friday. I do not have the notes written yet, but I'm sure it'll be a great time. We'll probably do um, buy low, sell high candidates. That'll be some some uh, some one of the two of the questions that we have is give me a couple of players that you want to buy low on. Give me a couple of players you want to sell high on at this point, just given the fact that we're 10 to 12 games into the season. Talk to you guys on Friday. Be well. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.